Hey, Valley family, welcome to week number two in our series called Throwing Shade. Last week, we had a weather event, no in-person services, but my goodness, we heard so much feedback from that first week's message about trash talking that uh, if you missed it, I encourage you to go back and check that out in our sermon archive. Thanks for joining us today. My notes are on our website also under message notes, and you can follow along with the message today uh, because today we want to talk about gossip. Uh, and and uh, before I jump in there, though, let me just mention next week, you don't want to miss next week's message as we're going to be looking at sarcasm cynicism and sass. There's a lot of S's in there. Sarcasm, cynicism, and sass. Believe it or not, God has a lot to say about why we as Christians should not use those type of com- that type of communication uh, in, in the way that we communicate with anyone uh, or everyone in this world. So that's next week. Sarcasm, cynicism, and sass. But let's start out by looking at this framework, like this key verse uh, for this whole series called Throwing Shade. It's in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. And it says, Do not use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say, everything... Everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. That's the goal. That's the expectation that God has for you and for me. That everything we say would be good and helpful and none of it would be foul or abusive or throw in shade or gossip as we're going to talk about or or sarcasm, cynicism, sass, none of those things. And what we learned last week is really this big idea, I guess, for the whole entire series and that is this, our words reveal our heart. Every time that you and I engage in this type of negative and toxic communication, whether it's verbal or something we post or an email or something we text, it's actually revealing there's something going on inside. When I use that kind of communication, there's something going on inside of Greg's heart that isn't right. Last week we talked about just just really dropping our rocks, and if you missed out on that, it makes no sense to you. That's why I encourage you to to go back and and to listen to that message. But, uh, you you know, we want to look at gossip. Now, here's the thing about gossip as we kind of dive into this today. This is such an epidemic this is so common in our culture that I think for most of us, we're, we, don't need, we can't even identify what gossip is. If, if we were pushed to like give a definition, it'd be very difficult for us to even come up with a working definition. In fact, I, I, I'll say this about gossip. You know, uh, I, I, I have never seen anything more powerful to ruin a great team to ruin a great staff, to destroy a church, a work environment, a family, a marriage, than gossip. And yet it's so common that, that for most of us, we can't even identify it. We can't even put our finger on it. And, and most of the time, it kind of starts off like this. Did you hear about blank? Did, 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 did you hear about blank? And then here comes the gossip. Our magazines are full of gossip. We have whole magazines that are just about gossip. We have podcasts that are nothing, Christian podcasts about all the gossip happening in the church world. Just just spreading gossip. Absolutely toxic. 
and absolutely contradicting everything that the Bible talks about and instructs us that we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to talk uh, as followers of Christ. You know, gossip about how that project is going or isn't going, uh, it, you know, uh, at, at work. Talking about someone else's issue, their social media feeds, their television programs, they all flaunt it. And, you know, uh, I know I'm kind of dating myself here, but uh, uh, I remember like when, when I was a teenager, there was this commercial with the California Raisins. How many remember that? The California Raisins. And, and, and it was like, you'd hear, heard it through the grapevine. There were, it sounded more like Prince than the California Raisins. But anyway, uh, you, you know, that's what we used to hear. We heard it through the grapevine. You know what that meant? Here's some juicy gossip. Here's some juicy gossip. Heard it through the grapevine. And, and you know, there's not only grapes, not only grapes grow on vine, but you know what else is a vine? Poison ivy is a vine. And I think that's more realistic. It's not a grapevine. Gossip is poison ivy. How many of you love when you get poison ivy all over yourself? That's really what gossip actually is. In fact, look at uh, Proverbs chapter 26, uh, beginning in verse 20. It says, fire goes out without wood and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. When, when, when gossip, when there's an end to gossip, guess what? There's an end to quarreling. Gossip is directly related in the Bible to quarrels, arguments, division, and destruction. A quarrelsome person, so there's also a gossip, starts fights and easily uh, as easily as hot embers light charcoal or fire lights wood. Rumors, that's gossip, are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. See, the whole thing about gossip is this. When, when we listen to gossip, it, it, it's not, it not only tells us something about the person who's saying it, it hurts our hearts when we just listen to it. The, the words of gossip are not neutral, they're, they're not insignificant. Rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. Gossip hurts the hearer's heart. And it also reveals the speaker's heart that there's something wrong in it. Sink deep into one's heart. You know, sometimes, uh, and, and, and I'm not immune to this, not, not, not by any, any stretch, uh, I have pastors that call me often and like, hey, did you hear what's going on in that church over there? And I'm like, no, no, I didn't. I, do you want to? No, I don't want to know. I really don't want to hear about it. I mean, just, just regularly. Someone called me recently and they were just talking about some of the, the toxic communication in their work environment and, and there's a lot of gossip, a lot of murmuring going on. And they said, what do you think I should do? I said, I think you ought to stay out of it. You ought to stay out of it because... It, uh, one gossip in the office will destroy the perfect dream job. That's all it takes. One person who's just a gossip. A dream job becomes a nightmare. All it takes is one gossip in an office. That's it. It hurts. It, it sinks deep into the hearer's heart. So here's a definition of gossip for you just to help. Gossip is simply this. Passing on negative inflammatory or embarrassing information about someone else to someone else. 
In other words, something that maybe I witnessed, that I saw, that, that someone went through, experienced, and then I tell someone else who has nothing to do with that situation, that's gossip. That's gossip. And, and you know, here's the thing. There's a razor-thin line between talking about someone and gossiping about someone. It kind of reminds me, when I was a young boy, my dad went to Honduras, and he brought me back a machete. And, man, this thing is still incredibly, I'm just kidding, uh, it is incredibly sharp. It's, it's incredibly sharp. And, and this is like, like razor-thin, this blade, there's a razor-thin difference. That's about the difference right there. That's how thin that line is between talking about someone and gossiping about someone. And it cuts. It cuts. It cuts the person we're talking about, and just like we just looked in Proverbs, it also cuts the person's heart who hears, and it also reveals something about the person's heart who's saying it. So, so what's the, gossip is the symptom, what's the problem? We're going to get to it. We're going to get to it in just a minute, but here, here's the whole thing. If, if someone's not part of the solution, sharing makes the problem worse. If ever I pass on something or, or an opinion to someone that they're not part of that solution, guess what? I just compounded that problem and made it worse, significantly worse, because now there's gossip going on about it. So, so simple, just razor thin, and we trip over it over and over and over again. It, it destroys morale, like I said, of teams, of staffs, of churches, of families in marriage. It just absolutely kills it. Thin line between talking about someone and gossiping about them. So let me share with you a couple of ways, a couple of categories of gossip, and uh, I'm going to use this machete. I'm going to keep it here. Hopefully I don't cut my ear off or anything like that. Uh, just to illustrate this. First of all, there's the vent gossip. The vent gossip. This, this is the challenge for me. I'm just venting. We talked about venting last week, what the Bible says about a fool gives full vent, gives full release uh, to their anger. But venting, oh man, I just got to get this off my chest. I'm just carrying the weight of this. I just need to let this out. So easily, outward processing, which I'm a big outward processor, can become venting gossip. Just, just negative talk. Somebody, They're not part of the solution. They're not going to help bring a resolution. It's just sharing a negative report. It's toxic. That's gossip. It's just like this machete. Or, or how about this, the in-the-know gossip. That's another form of gossip. Hey, just want you to be in the know, in the loop. Another form of gossip there. It, it, if the person doesn't need that information, it's not helpful to them, then you know what? It's hurting them. It's gossip. And it hurts. What it hurts is the hearer hears that, and it changes the perspective of the person, the person you're talking about changes their perspective it's gossip in the know gossip oh how about this one if you've been a christian for a long time in church how about this one classic the prayer request gossip the prayer request gossip starts off like this i just would would you pray for you, you know sister sally and and brother bill uh you, you know 
I just feel like that uh, they need our prayers right now because their, their teenage son is just really in rebellion. And, uh, and you know what? <laughs> they, they never really did discipline him when he was a little child. I, I, I remember seeing how unruly he was, and now look what's happening. That's gossip. That, that is gossip. Thin line, it's total gossip. Passing on negative report about someone else, and they just slip that in there. Oh, they never did discipline their child. Never did discipline their boy the way. That thin of a difference. The prayer request gossip. How about this, the compliment turned critic gossip. I, I've, I've had some of that in my life. Compliment turned critic. People walk in, you know, hey, this, this, this is great, but this, and then here it comes. Here, here comes the gossip. This about someone over here. And I'm like, why are you telling me this? This is not helping me. I don't need to hear this. I have nothing to do with that. Why are you talking about that person to me like that? I'm not part of the solution. You're not asking for my help. I'm not part of the solution. Compliment, turn critic. Oh, I love so-and-so. He's such a great guy. However, boom, there it is. That's gossip. If, if the person you're sharing with is not part of the solution, it's just gossip. It's not helping. It's actually hurting. Or then the truth teller. <laughs> the truth teller. I just got to speak the truth here. And, and what the truth is, is something, it's information being passed along to someone that has nothing to do with bringing resolution to that situation. And it, it colors their opinion about that other person from that point on. It's gossip. It cuts, just like this machete, that fine line between talking about someone and, and really gossiping about them. I'm going to put this back in its sheath here before I hurt myself uh, on camera, and that would just be really bad. So anyway, here's the whole thing. What, what is fueling gossip? What, what, is, what is it behind it? Because gossip is the symptom. There's something wrong in the heart. What is it in the heart? Here it is. Gossip reveals jealousy. People who gossip have jealousy and envy in their heart. And, and the whole motivation of gossip is this. Make someone else look bad so that I look better. That, that's, that's the whole thing. Tear someone else down because I feel so bad about myself inside, I want to pull everyone down to my level. That's gossip. Gossip reveals jealousy in the heart. I like how Eleanor Roosevelt put it, <laughs> the, the wife of FDR, you know, just up in Hyde Park here years ago. Uh, Eleanor Roosevelt put it this way, great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people. Mic drop right there. How about that? Great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people or let's see what the bible has to say about gossip look at this in envy and jealousy proverbs fourteen thirty says a heart at peace gives life to the body but envy rots the bones jealousy there's something envy and jealousy inside it we just it rots the bone it rots the soul it rots the heart and, and that's what gossip, it comes out because of the problem of jealousy and envy 
inside of our hearts. See, here's the thing. The cure to jealousy is contentment. The cure to jealousy is contentment, that we would really be content, content with who God says we are, content that God loves us, content that God has a plan and purpose for our life. And, and we don't have to put down other people to, to make ourselves look better than they are. So how do we find contentment in who God says we are? How, we, how are we going to do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. There's three, three, uh, three ways, really, that I think real practical now that, that we can really combat gossip and, and, and find contentment in our own heart so that we're, we're no longer sharing gossip about other people. The first one is this, find gratitude. Find gratitude for, for what we really, for what we have, for all that we've been given. You know, uh, I heard this actually, I was studying for this message, and I heard it going home uh, this week uh, from the church here, from the office, and I uh, hadn't heard it in the longest time, a song. How, how many country music fans got out there? Okay, I see that hand, I see that hand. See that hand? That's great, especially you over there. Uh, the, uh, country music, I heard this song, I was like, oh my goodness, I haven't heard that in so long, but man, it just hit me, talking about this whole idea of finding gratitude. Jake Owen, in 2013, released a song, and it's called, We All Want What We Ain't Got. L- listen to the words of this, just the beginning of it here. And man, there's nothing like a country song, just kind of plain speak. We all want what we ain't got. Our favorite doors are always locked. On a higher hill with a taller top, we all want what we ain't got. We ain't happy where we are. There's greener grass in the neighbor's yard. A bigger house, a faster car, we ain't happy where we are. All I want is what I had. I'll trade it all just to get her back. She's moving on, but I guess I'm not. We all want what we ain't got. See, when we become content with our content, when we become content with where we are, gratitude begins to build in our hearts and it pushes out jealousy and envy. And when jealousy and envy are gone, there's no room for gossip because gossip is the symptom of jealousy and envy. Gratitude, when we find gratitude, that's the cure. Look at what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4. Uh, the Holy Spirit is speaking through Paul, uh, the apostle, and he's literally writing. This is the attitude. This is the perspective that we're supposed to have. And it says in Philippians chapter 4, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Gratitude right there. Thank God for all that he has done. Then you will experience what? God's peace. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand, and his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. See, when we're just grateful, thank God for what you've got. Not, you know, Jake Owen hit it. Everybody, we all want what we don't have, and that causes discontentment and, and envy and jealousy, and here comes the gossip trying to put other people down to make ourselves look better. Instead, find gratitude. Thank you, God, for this day that you've given me. Thank you, God, for my health. Thank you, thank you God, for, for this life. Thank you, God, for this, another chance. Gratitude. 
begins to push out envy and jealousy in our hearts. So find gratitude. Here's the second one. Feel sympathy. Feel sympathy. You know, I, I went to, to school, this is, you know, long, long time ago, but there, there was a young guy, a boy in, in my class, I remember in elementary school, and people used to always gossip about him. And he used to say terrible things about this one fella. And, and everyone make fun of him because you could tell he had some real problems. He had some emotional problems. Until one day, teacher actually told a couple of us he was there in the room when his father shot his mother and killed her and then turned a gun on himself you know it's so easy just to gossip just to see the surface in people's lives. I remember I was in fifth grade when the teacher told us that. I never saw him the same way after that. He still had a lot of issues. But you know what? Sympathy. When, when, we, when we feel sympathy for people, you never know what people are struggling with. When we feel sympathy for people, we don't gossip about them anymore but because we get a little hint of the pain that they're walking through, the pain that they're dealing with. Find gratitude. Feel sympathy. First Peter chapter 3, God speaks to all of us really through Peter, the apostle, and says, and now this word to all of you, you should be like one big happy family, full of sympathy towards each other. We're not supposed to be full of gossip. We're supposed to be full of sympathy towards each other. Loving one another with tender hearts and humble minds. Boy, I love that. that, that that's what I, that's the kind of man I want to be. I, I want to be a man with a tender heart and a humble mind. Don't repay, watch this now, don't repay evil for evil. It goes on and it says, don't snap back at those who say unkind things about you, even when people gossip about you, even when they gossip about me. Don't do that. Instead, pray for God's help for them. For we are to be kind to others, and God will bless us for it. Don't, don't snap back. Don't, don't retaliate. Don't allow the hurt someone else caused you by what they said cause you to lash out and hurt someone else. Be kind in response. Don't gossip. And you know what? I love that God will bless you, it says. God will bless you. That's what I want. That's what I need in my life. Maybe you too. Like, yeah, Greg, count on me and that. I, I need some of that blessing too. Be kind. Don't snap back at people that, that say unkind things to you. Be kind. Don't gossip. Don't, don't talk bad about other people. Feel sympathy, full of sympathy towards each other, it said in verse 8. Loving one another with tender hearts and humble minds. So, how, what's the cure for, for, for jealousy? How, how do we find contentment? First of all, find gratitude. Second, feel sympathy. And here's the third thing. 
Filter your thoughts. You gotta filter your thoughts. I, I, I've told this before, but I think it's very fitting in this place. My mom used to always write Bible verses on little index cards, and she had these little ladybug magnets. I don't know where she got them, but I can still see them in my mind to this day. And she would, with those ladybug magnets, she put these Bible verses on our refrigerator door. And, and this was one of those that she put on the refrigerator door with that magnet because she wanted us all to learn this. She called this the Philippians 4.8 filter. And, and she would just tell us, my, myself and my siblings, listen, anything you ever face in this life, you filter it through these words in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. We have to filter our thoughts because all the time, we're going to have all kinds of thoughts, all, all kinds of things hit our mind that aren't godly. And so we have to filter, and we have to filter what we say and we have to filter what we hear as well, what we listen to. And look at what it says, Philippians chapter four, verse eight and nine. This is a message translation, uh, and, and I love it because it's just so earthy, so practical. Summing it all up, friends, I, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things, watch this now. Fill your minds with things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best. Not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, affirm, be be an encouraged, things to praise, not things to curse. Man, there's so many people I know, there's like, in the last couple years, just have become so negative. They weren't before, but just looking at so much negativity, not filtering their own thoughts. It goes on and it says, put into practice what you learned from me. Paul's saying, Christians in Philippi, you saw how I lived my life. He said, I was an example to you. And he says, put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Watch this. Do that and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies. And I love that. See, that's what, that's what our life, my life as a Christian, your life as a follower of Jesus, our life, God wants to work into his most excellent harmonies. His most excellent harmonies. That takes filter in our thoughts. That takes filter in the things that we, we focus on, the things that we listen to, the things that we watch. Filter it through that Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, shared with you also today. That filter. Real quick, let me just give you three questions to ask, just kind of summarizing this Philippians 4, 8 and 9 filter. Just, just to help us. Should I be a part of this? Should I be talking about this? Here's the first question. Is it true? Is it true? If if you're not sure if it's true or not what you're saying, don't say it. Just real simple. Is it the truth? Are you 100% sure? No, I'm only 99.9. Then keep your mouth shut. Just just keep it shut. Is it true? Here's the second question. Is it good? Is it good what you're saying? Is it uplifting? Is it encouraging? I, I, I mean, unless, again, unless you're talking to a counselor or, or you're getting some personal help that you need, zip the lip. 
if it's not good what you're saying. Is it, is it true? Is it good? And here's the third one. Is it useful? Is this going to help somebody? Or is this going to, by what I say, by what I tell them, is it going to make it harder for them? Is it going to hurt how they see someone else? See, the goal of life, the Christian's life, is to be like Jesus. That's the goal he has for my life. That's the goal he has for your life. So many times, January, we're talking about setting goals. How about set this goal? Let's be more like Christ in our communication. And let's, let's be content with, with who God says we are. And, and, and we don't have to, through jealousy and envy any longer, let God's love push that out as we find gratitude, feel sympathy, and we filter our thoughts. And let's set the goal to be more like Christ, to be more like Him. See, Jesus calls us to be salt and to be light in this world. And that only happens when we act differently, not when we act exactly the same as people that don't know Jesus. There's supposed to be a contrast in our life and could I just like bring it close to home and a contrast in the way we communicate that is not like the world does. It's different. Instead of focusing on my insecurities, my fear, my envy, or whatever, God wants you and I to focus on Jesus and how Jesus would handle any situation. And you know what he wouldn't do? He wouldn't gossip. He wouldn't gossip. He'd have sympathy. He, he'd, he'd filter his thoughts. And he'd be grateful for all that God has blessed him with, blessed you and I with. Like I said, I'm not, uh, I'm not immune <laughs> to this myself. It's so easy so often razor thin line between talking about someone and gossiping about them let's measure our words let's filter our thoughts let's let gratitude fill our hearts sympathy our eyes and filter our thoughts I don't know about you, but I think I need to pray right now. I need to pray for myself. Maybe you too. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for your word that, that your word, Lord, it does cut us. It, it makes us realize, Lord, really what's going on inside. And, and, and Father, it, it doesn't cut us like a machete. It cuts us like a surgeon's scalpel. And, and that is to bring us healing. Father, I pray today that as we've looked at just the symptom of gossip, the symptom that, that really we've identified what, what the real problem is, and that is of jealousy and envy, discontentment. God, help us to find gratitude every day for all you've done for us. Lord, help us to walk this out and, and to feel sympathy for those that, that maybe their behavior doesn't make sense to us, 
but we don't know what they're necessarily dealing with, the pain and the hurt underneath the surface. And God, by your Holy Spirit, help us to filter our thoughts through Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Lord, Lord, to really ask those questions, is it true, is it good, and is it useful? And Lord, we know that as we become and we step up to be the children, your children, on this planet, Lord, your peace will be in our hearts, and that will be what comes out of our mouth. Thank you, Father, that we can't do this on our own. That's why we have the Holy Spirit available to us to live the life that you created us to, a contrasting life to this world, salt and light. In Jesus' name, amen.